This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting new season of Harry Wilde dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wilde is great. So Harry Wilde is Harriet Wilde, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. (laughs) You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you give toasts that are too long? Do you hold photos hostage? Do you play music loudly in public? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make it better. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonima. And we're in New York today. And let's just get right down to it. Let's get in it. So for today's amuse-bouche, I want to talk about this thing where we put trees on top of skyscrapers. So have you ever noticed at a construction site that sometimes you'll see a tree at the top of the scaffolding? Have you ever noticed this? You know, I have noticed this. Yeah. And you're like, what is that about? I immediately assume it's a Christmas shout out. (laughs) Okay. It is not. Oh. It's called a topping tree. And this is actually a very ancient tradition. And so this dates back to potentially the year 700 in Scandinavia. And there are different theories about how this started, but one of the ideas is that we are all of trees. We come from trees. We will return to trees when we die. And so trees have our spirit in them. And so when you cut down trees to make a house, you want to sort of honor that. And so the idea was we would put a tree on top of the building to sort of honor the spirits or maybe appease them who might be a little upset that we cut some down and like cleared some land. And so this is where this started. So it was to kind of appease the forest gods for what we had just done. And this uh, spread throughout Europe and then made its way over to North America. And now we do it today. And now we do it on major skyscrapers and bridges and ironworks and things like that. Oh, wow. Right? I had no idea. I like it. It's like an offering, a thank you to the trees. Yeah. So it's sort of a a good luck thing. Um, It's sort of maybe a superstition thing, like symbolizing bringing life into the building. Sometimes it's only done when there was no fatal accidents at the construction site. So sometimes the tradition is like, oh, we only do the tree if this was a safe job. And then another explanation that I got, which I kind of also like, is that... At the end of the day, nature still triumphs man. Like despite all of our accomplishments, despite reaching for the heavens with our scaffolding, that at the end of the day, nature does triumph. So I kind of like this this concept too. It's beautiful. That uh, 
that's why we put the tree on it. The one about uh, they only put it up if nobody died on the is a little sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, no. Every time I don't see a tree, I'm going to be like, like, oh, what no, happened, what happened? Here? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how uh, typical that is, but I, I know that is a thing that is done. Wow. But uh, that's the topping tree. It's so interesting. I really just thought people left their Christmas trees up. Nope. It's a topping tree. <laughs> And we're back, and now it's time to go deep. Very deep. So let's raise a glass, Leah, and let's talk about giving a good toast. Fantastic. I feel like you have extraordinary skills. Oh? Well, you've never actually seen me give a toast, have you? I just, you know when you know something deep inside (laughs) of yourself? I just have that je ne sais quoi. You just, I feel it with every essence of my being. Have you ever given a toast? I haven't given a toast. I've been master of ceremonies at people's weddings. Okay. I can see you being very good at this. So I feel like I've, and I've been a stand-up comic, you know, I've married people. (laughs) Right. I've done the weddings. Officiant. I was a wedding officiant. So Uh I feel like, you know, but that's not exactly the same. No, no. I'm talking about (laughs) we are asked to give a toast at some occasion. Maybe it's a dinner party. Maybe it's a wedding. And how to do this in a good way. Because if you look at YouTube and you look at bad toasts, this is oh, this is a genre. I bet that this is, is an incredible <laughs> hole to go down on YouTube. So I actually, I enjoy giving toasts. Surprisingly, I'm not asked to give toasts that often. And I got to say, my toasts, I'd like to think are quite good. Oh, I don't I, know. Maybe I know they are. Maybe they're not good, which is why I don't get asked back. Maybe but, you didn't um, get asked back because it made everybody else feel inadequate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess a couple of thoughts I had when I was thinking about this topic. The first is that you need to know your strengths. Like some people are not good with humor, in which case (laughs) don't try and be funny. No, I mean that in the nicest possible way. Oh, I know. I know you do, but it's very true. (laughs) Yeah. Like just know your strengths. You know, if you're not a a witty person, you know, a, a good turn of phrase, great with a funny anecdote. Like if that's just not you, know thyself. And don't try and do a toast that does not highlight your strengths. So when in doubt, always lean towards sincerity instead of humor. Oh, I think that is a good baseline. I would agree. Especially I've seen things at work situations Mm. where people were obviously trying to be funny, but they don't know where that line is between what's a joke and what just comes off as... What's an HR complaint? (laughs) Yeah, just like (laughs) insulting because they couldn't really land it. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah, so we don't want that. Yeah, if people are cringing during your toast... Or crying. Or crying. (laughs) Not in a good way. Yeah. So I I think know your strengths and kind of just think about it in that way. Maybe we don't want to like be funny. And then the other thing with toast is some people think it's like, oh, I'm going to tell a story. But that's not really actually what a toast is. A toast is you're making some point about the couple or the occasion. And you want to think about like, what is the point I'm trying to make? And then you maybe want to share a story that illustrates that point. But the point of the toast is not the story itself. It's not just like that time we got drunk in college and like, oh, I never thought you would meet somebody like that's not what we want. (laughs) So so you want to think about, okay, for this toast, I want to emphasize that I think this couple is such a great pairing. And here is an example of why I've arrived at this conclusion. And then that's what your toast is about. But the point of the toast is that you really believe that they are simpatico. So that is the way I would think about how to do the toast. It's very similar to a a nice 
paper where you have, you know, your thesis is. Yes. You're going to keep in line with the thesis. You may have some great things you want to say on the topic. Doesn't fit in the thesis. Yeah. Yeah. What a five paragraph essay. Here's what I want to talk about. Here, no, don't do that, actually. <laughs> I'm going to start with it. I'm going to highlight it. I'm going to close it out back on it. But also, I think you want to remember that you are taking the audience on a journey from A to B. So B is the point you want to make. Uh, and then that journey is how you get there. But your story is not just a series of chronological events. Anybody can just give you a list of things that happen at a timeline. That's not what we want from your toast. We actually want you to go from moment to a moment or emotion to emotion. Like, I don't want event to event. That's like storytelling 2.0, but I feel like our audience is ready for this level. <laughs> I feel like our audience is ready for this level too. Yeah. So in your toast, you want to think about not just reciting just sort of a series of events, but like, how did you feel about those events? And that is much more persuasive to, I think, the people you're talking to. I think some people get very nervous speaking. Sure. Publicly. Sure. And a few very easy tips with that is... Always speak slower than you think you need to speak. Oh, that's a good tip. Because when people get nervous, they tend to speak faster. Yeah. And what could feel like days for you was 30 seconds. True. That's true. Although on the flip side, I think your toast should be no more than two minutes. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying, you know, and then write <laughs> eight pages. I'm saying just don't be like, and then they met in the sign and then I did this and then it was, it was you know, if you can't enunciate it, right. people can't join in your enthusiasm. Yeah, that's I'm true. just saying that because I believe in our audience that they- I have faith in our audience. Speak clearly. Yes, elocution, yes. Also, another thing is don't wing it. Don't wing it. Mm -mm. Give some thought. Give some thought about what you want to say, but don't write it out word for word. That's like death. When you like whip out a piece of paper that has it written word for word, like no one wants to hear your read your toast. I mean, what do you think if they need to write it out word for word at home for themselves? Sure. If you want to organize your thoughts at home, no problem. But I think the most you would want in your pocket would be bullet points to remind yourself like how you're going to get from A to B. Yeah. But once we start reading like, I met Chad and Lisa uh, <laughs> five years ago and it was so wonderful to No, no one wants that. I know sometimes I've gotten nervous. I'll get nervous about names. I could know your name for my whole life. And then if I got nervous about it, I'd forget it while staring at your face. It's just how my lovely anxiety works. So when I've had to say anything that wasn't quite a toast, but in this line, you know, because you don't want to write it all out, I will have their people's names written somewhere in case I have to look. The people who are getting married? No, no. I mean to say it's a, a job. Oh, okay. And you want to make sure you said thank you to somebody. And in your mind, you're like, what if I forget? Oh, okay. I say their name wrong, you know? Oh, sure. Sometimes it works to just have it written out somewhere. Then you get, don't get nervous because you think, I can always look. Right. And there are other occasions for toast than just weddings. So like, let's say you're at a dinner party or it's a job thing or whatever. These can be very short. Just, uh, you know, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's so great to have everybody gather around the same table. Here's to another great year. That's great. Short and sweet. I love it. Love it. I think what you said earlier about as long as you say it sincerely. Yes. Sincerity uh, rules the day. And then I guess another thought I had written down is don't get drunk. Don't be drunk. Don't give a drunk <laughs> toast. <a> solid, <laughs> solid point. Well, I feel like it has to be mentioned because, uh, you know, on the YouTube, a lot of those uh, bad toasts. They might have been a couple drinks in. Yeah. Just wait until after your toast is done. Exactly. Yes. And I'm sorry if all the toasts are at the end of the evening, but that it would be better for your toast. Yes. And then the last thing just to mention is that you should bring your glass with you because very often the toast uh, involves raising a glass at the end to whoever you're toasting or whatever you're toasting. And so make sure you have your glass with you. 
That is such a good point. And as we recall from a previous episode, you do not need to have alcohol in that glass. It is fine to toast with water. I love that you said that. But you should have a glass of something because when you don't, that's very strange. You're just raising. You're just raising High your five. Hand. High right. five. <laughs> and also a reminder, when you are being toasted, you do not raise your glass. Do not toast yourself. Allow the toast to wash over you. Oh, that's nice. Yes. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. Because <laughs> as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right? Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge <laughs> to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wilde. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Brooklinen. Brooklinen is the internet's favorite sheets. That's right. And they're great. They sent us some sheets and I'm sleeping on their percal, white, of course. And they're crisp. They're cool. They don't sleep too hot, which is definitely the thing I do not want in sheets. So they're the perfect temperature for me. And I feel like coming into a new season, it's the perfect time for a refresh, right? You get new colors. You get new patterns. You recreate your whole sleeping space. Or you can switch the fabrics. So Brooklyn actually has fresh linen and it's designed in Brooklyn, made in Portugal, and their wash linen is made with 100% European flax. So you can get the lightweight essentials necessary to upgrade your space for the summer from Brooklinen. So visit in-store or online at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use code WOLVES for $20 off your order of $100 or more. And we're back. And now it's time to take some questions from you guys in the wilderness. Ow! So our first question is, quote, am I wrong here? Always a good start. Yeah, I underline that. Thank you for <laughs> letting us know. I was taught that cash never goes on the counter. You hand it directly to the person. My husband, however, apparently thinks this is totally fine. This came up because I had to be out of the house this morning and I asked my husband to pay the housekeeper. When I came home, there was a wad of cash just sitting on the countertop in the kitchen. I asked why he didn't just hand it to her and he explained that he had been on a call for work and because he wasn't sure of her exact arrival time, thought it would be better to just leave it for her to pick up instead of having to interrupt his call. I think you can say excuse me to the meeting and take a minute to say thank you and hand some cash to someone who's working hard. But if that's not possible, shouldn't you at least put it in an envelope with her name on it with a thank you note instead of just tossing a rather large wad of cash onto the counter? Hmm. Mm. So? I love that it starts, I'm going to say again, am I wrong here? You know, I want to know in which direction we're reading the question. I think that it is nice to hand money to someone and say thank you. Like, I think that's nice. 
right? Yeah. I also, in a purchasing situation, let me say, at the store, you know, when you're shopping, I always, I don't know who told me this, but it is in my brain somewhere that I always hand it, that I don't put it down, that it's somehow rude that somebody would then have to collect it up off the counter. Mm. Okay. So there's that. I do think that the way we hand people money back and forth now is going to be slightly different because of COVID. Okay. People might not want to take cash directly. Okay. Out of other people's hands. In this circumstance, I think it's fine to, if you're on a phone call, you're leaving for somebody, I would put it, the cash in an envelope and write a little note. I'm on a call, wanted to leave this for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that the... The rest of the question is whether or not I'm just leaving a wad of cash on a countertop, just willy nilly, just blowing in the breeze or I don't even know how a person would know that's for them. Right. So I think that's the main question is, is like, you know, I think most people, if they just see a cash laying out on the counter is not thinking, oh, that's for me. Yeah, but I, I do think it's fine to not come off the call, but I think there needs to be a note. Yes. I mean, I think in general, we want to at least have an envelope with the cash. Yeah. With the person's name on it. Yes. I think that's a nice baseline. If you want to write a note on that envelope, thank you so much. That would be nice. You know me, I love a note. Right. So whether or not it needs to be in a card and handwritten note, I mean, that might be a little far. But I think something in between cash flown out on the countertop and a formal ceremony. Yeah, I think just pop those bad boys in an envelope. Yeah. Now, I feel like if it's a check, I feel like leaving a check out without an envelope is somehow different, right? It does feel different. I would still put a little sticky on there with a note, though. Yes, I like a sticky on a check. Also, for some reason, even though there's not a lot of breeze in my apartment, I would always put a check under something, like <laughs> under I was a candle. Thinking, what if these fly away? But there's no <laughs> right. air movement in here. We yeah, live in New but York. I would, always put, I would definitely put the check like under a paperweight or something, you know, just FYI. Yeah. 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 So I think that's how I would handle this. Uh, let's not leave cash out totally unattended. Let's uh, create a little identification around it. Yeah. So it's very clear. This is for you. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Great. Our next question is, what do you do about people who hold photos hostage? For example, someone who takes a group photo of you and says, oh, I'll send it to you. Okay. I mean, is this a Kodak Advantage camera that we have to send the film away for processing? Like, I think people do say, oh, I'll email you this when I get home. And then now you can just say, hey, let's airdrop it. Yeah. I don't feel like anything has to happen once we get home. Yeah. I think you can always say, oh, while we're still thinking about it, let's just airdrop it right now. Yeah. But let's say that that doesn't happen. How do we follow up? Is it the same rules about like the person who didn't pay for brunch who needs to like still Venmo you? Like what, how do we address this photo hostage situation? If you have a photo that I really want, yeah. when I get home that day, I'm going to text you, had a great time. Can you text me that photo? Loved it so much. Thanks. And then I say, yeah, no problem. And then I don't. What? You are sinister. <laughs> The idea that you would respond no problem and then not do it, I would then have to be like, is something else happening? This is a hostage situation. Yeah. Is there something else going on that I don't know about? Okay. Yeah. So it, it, there must be something else happening. Otherwise, like, why wouldn't you just send the photo? Right? Yeah. If I've already asked you, I would ask politely, like, say something up top about how fun it was. Remind them of the picture. Sometimes people forgot. Thank them in advance for sending it. And then if it doesn't come back, there's something else happening. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise, what is the problem? Yeah. yeah. Why would somebody hold a photo? Unless it was 
the ugliest photo in the world of the person who took the picture. Or they're protecting your feelings. Maybe it's such a horrible photo of you. And I don't want to send it to you because I don't want you to be upset. I'm going to guess. I already <laughs> checked that picture when you took it the first time. And I was like, ooh, I love that photo. Send it to me. I see. You already you have unlimited photo kills in your contract. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So I guess we want to, we want the photo in the moment. Uh, That's the ideal situation. Do not let this become a hostage situation. But if it is. And if it does, you follow up real quick. Right. And if it's still a problem, then this is not about the photo. This is not about the photo. Okay, great. Our next question is, quote, my boyfriend is always trying to do things with the best intentions, but sometimes I feel like he goes too far and actually inconveniences me or the people we are with. For example, if we order an Uber, he greatly anticipates its arrival and is on constant lookout for it. And when he sees it, he will start to walk down the sidewalk and sometimes into the street to grab its attention. His intention is to help the driver find us, but I believe they will be able to follow their GPS to our marked spot just fine. And a simple wave in the sidewalk is sufficient to get their attention. So in doing this, I feel like he's inconveniencing me and others by making us now walk down the street to meet the car when it could have just pulled up in front of us. I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say about this one. Really? Yep. I like the attempt that someone is trying to be considerate. Yes. So my first thought is, let us not squelch that behavior. Let us not extinguish that flame. We want to encourage the bonfire of consideration here. So we want that to grow. We want this behavior for the boyfriend. We might need to modify it. But I think we want to not make the boyfriend feel bad for trying to be considerate. That's like my first thought. I agree. It's nice when people want to be considerate. Yeah. And, you know, in the world of things that are annoying, this is, you know, not top 10 for me. My guess is that this is an example. Yes, yes. This is just one example. Yes. Uh, This is not the only thing that's probably happening. I mean, to just address this example, I guess I would just say, let the boyfriend jump in the car and then have the car drive down the street and then meet us. Like, I'm not going to walk down the street. You go, you go. If you feel like you want to get the car's attention five miles away, no problem. You do that. And then just instruct the driver to come to where we are. And then pick us up. Right. (laughs) Let them be them and then you be you. Yeah. So I think that would be fine. Or, you know, there is a way to, you know, message the driver uh, with more specific instructions about where you are. Also, though, the driver at this point isn't lost. The driver is not lost. No, no. We're just anticipating the arrival so eagerly that we're jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah. And I understand wanting to help. I also think we could say I love as you said, never want to squelch one being considerate. Right. I love how considerate you're being. I so appreciate it. Let's let the driver, this is their job. Yeah. I know sometimes I tell stories that are not as parallel as I think they are. (laughs) Yeah. But this really reminded me of, I went to college with this girl. Oh gosh. Okay. This is, this is not related at all. It it? is really related at the end (laughs) because I don't think this person realizes they're doing this to the driver. My friend in college is a lawyer. I moved here to be in the arts. I was a cater waiter. I ended up catering one of her events. She came over and started helping me do things because she felt like she didn't want to put me out or she wanted to be extra considerate. Okay. But really, this is just what I do. I don't need you. Like, the driver doesn't need him to walk 
them down the block. Right. Okay. So this is sort of like if we're at dinner and I actually hand my dirty plate to the waiter. Yeah. It's it's the waiter knows. Do that. Yeah. And it's their job, and they they have no problem doing. You know what I mean? I had no problem bartending at this event. I wasn't. It's what I do. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, so this this story actually is vaguely parallel to what we're talking about. You just had to get to the end of it because I think you know. This person in no way means to do that, but by going all the way down the street, they're in some way saying, I don't know if you can find your way. Okay. Yeah, I see. I see where you're going with this that. This driver's okay. like, um, I do this like 500 times a day. Right. And yeah. Okay. So I think the boyfriend in our story is coming from a good place. Absolutely. So we need to be able to have a little heart to heart with this person and explain what their behavior is actually doing even though they think they are acting and conveniencing people, it's actually inconveniencing people. And so let's not do that. Yeah. But with a kind heart, because it's very nice that they care so much. Yes. Yes. This is all in the the tone and the approach. We have to uh, approach this gingerly because we don't want them to feel like they can't do nice things. Right. But they just need to realize that the nice things they think they're doing are actually not nice. Well, they're not, not, not nice. They're just slightly inconvenient. And, you know, if the if a person's lost, then have at it. Go find them. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But, but give a person an opportunity to pull up and everybody get in and how it works. Yes. How we've all agreed that it works. Right. Right. Okay. So this is good. I really like what you said about let the boyfriend walk down the street if they really need to do that. And then the letter writer can stay where they are and then they can come. Yeah. I think that might be the path of least resistance here. Yeah. Because in uh, our home, I need to be at the lift when they get there. I hate the idea that somebody doesn't know if I'm going to come down. They think I'm going to be late. It makes me crazy. So I need to go down as soon as I've ordered it, even if I know they're not there. It's I'm that person. Oh, okay. But I stand in the doorway. I don't run up and down the block. Okay. (laughs) My significant other is like, I'll come when they get there. So both of us are happy. He comes when they get there. I go down early. Everybody's happy. And there's harmony. And there's harmony. So there'll be harmony if we answer your questions. So send them in. Please. Send them to us through our website, wereraisedbywolves.com. Or you can send us a text message or leave us a voicemail at 267-CALL-RBW. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I'm loving being part of the Book of the Month because I often stay within the genres I already know or the particular authors I already know. And they're introducing me to new authors, things I might not have known about. It's so exciting. So Leah, tell me about what book is coming. I'm receiving in the mail very soon, The Return of Ellie Black. Where did she go? We don't know. She disappeared for years earlier and then resurfaces in the woods of Washington State. And I can't (laughs) wait to know more. If it's a story set in the woods, you're there. It's really true. I want I want a cozy town or a woods. Or both. Or also take a city. You know, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, as long <laughs> as there's murder or suspense, you're there. I like if there's some food. So you out there, you can get your first book for just $5 using promo code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com, use promo code PEDALS, and get your first book for just $5. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by book of the month. I am loving getting to pick my books of the months. 
Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my books of the month, but for multiple months now. So books of the month. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going to love <laughs> Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent. Vent or Repent. And this is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette thing that's happened to us recently. Or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So Leah, would you like to vent or repent? I'm going to vent, but I also want to give you the opportunity to go first because you always ask me and I don't want to constantly, you know. How kind. Yes. Uh, So for me, I would like to vent. And I recently had a lovely picnic in a park near my house. Oh, nice. Um, I live relatively close to Hudson River Park, which is very nice. It's along the Hudson River. And, uh, you know, nice weather. There were quite a few people out. And I want everyone to have a good time. I'm not here to to rain on anybody's parade. However, do you need to play loud music in the park? (laughs) Do you need to do that? Does it need to be that loud? I mean, really? Like, I'm not looking for some sort of zen experience, like I met Ranji and I need to languish in the emptiness of my mind. Like, I don't need that level of solitude. But do I need to have the extremely loud music blasting right there? Like, do I need that? I don't want that. I was so, so excited as soon as you said, however. <laughs> so I I would really like people to be mindful that etiquette is about being mindful of other people. And that has to do with maybe noise pollution as well. Mm. Like when you are very loud, you are affecting other people. And that's loud at a restaurant. That's loud playing music in a park. That's, you know, loud anywhere people are loud. So I would just be mindful of this, especially in a park. Let's not play loud music. <laughs> That's all. That's all I got. Just I would rather you didn't. Watch Nick's ear space. Yes, my ear space, please. All right, Leah, let's hear it. I feel like mine has a similar flavor. Oh, okay. Not sound. I'm not sure if I mentioned this to you. Uh, in the first couple weeks of uh, the quarantine, this happened, uh-huh. and then I saw it again recently. So the first time... You know, it was right when everything started getting heavy. So I was extra. I mean, I was walking around with gloves and a mask and like a trash bag. You know what I mean? I was. Yeah, it's full hazmat. Head, yeah. <laughs> if I was going to the grocery store, there was like eight layers. Okay. Blowing bubbles <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> I come around a corner. A uh-huh. couple people blowing bubbles. Like we're talking like a little plastic container. I'm a child. There's a wand. I dip it in. I'm blowing bubbles. I'm having merriment and whimsy. Yeah, but. But there's adults. Okay. Who's obviously, I get it. You need to go out. Something have, so you need to do something or whatever. I mean, I, I get it. I have to blow bubbles. I'm you know, I mean, I understand okay. you're just, you know, people are losing it. I get that. Okay. That being said, one of the bubbles, cha- it felt like it chased me. I dove behind a car. You are launching something you blew into, right. into a public area. Yeah. At a time when we are afraid of, Anything coming out of your mouth. Okay. I get that it's quote unquote soap, 
No, 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 no. It's like a surfboard. The soap is just serving as a surfboard for your germs. Please don't blow bubbles onto, uh, uh, I'm going to say, any kind of a sidewalk with other people. Okay. It's te- it's terrorizing right now. Okay. I come uh, around a corner and all of a sudden there's just bubbles. Yeah. I got I to gotta run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can. I, I have not seen bubble blowing in my neighborhood. Oh, just wait till you see it. It feels egregious. You're like, are you blowing bubbles right now? Yeah, that that is bold. It is That's a bold. bold. It is a yeah. bold statement. Okay. I can understand if it's like a like a kid who doesn't but if you're an adult and you're blowing bubbles? Yeah. What's going on? What happened? What are you doing? Yeah. Okay. So, don't blow bubbles. <laughs> Although here's the thing about bubbles. I actually dislike bubbles at any time. I don't like having this sort of dirty soapy water like arrive on me. Uh, oh, me either. I'm time. not a fan of bubbles in general. There, there's not been a time in my life where I was like thrilled to have a bubble pop on me in a public space. Oh, me neither. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want that happening. So I think let's just not have bubbles anymore. Let's end bubbles. I'm fine with that. We're going to get so much email from people. It's going to be some letters from the Palm Olive people. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I, I take it back. Bubbles are great. I didn't mean it. Don't send me angry letters about bubbles. We love bubbles. I appreciate the joy that bubbles bring. I think you can do it at this time in our history, in your own home. Yes. Let's have private bubbles. Yeah. Or if you live in a place where there are backyards in New York City. Mm. The rules for bubbles are different. Yeah, we got to watch our bubbling. I mean, bubbles is really phase four. Right? <laughs> Definitely phase four. <laughs> We're not ready for bubbles right now. No. Okay. Broadway show's open. Bubbles. bubbles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What have we learned? I learned about tree toppers. Isn't that fun? It's really fun. I mean, now I was you know. so off base. <laughs> <laughs> so now when you see a tree on top of a skyscraper, you'll know. I'll be like, tree shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned that if we get a lift, you are already on the curb. I am. You are ready. You're prone. You're just ready to attack. I really am. Well, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Nick. And thanks to you out there for listening. If I had your address, I'd send you a handwritten note on my custom stationery. He would. And I would. He does. And I do. <laughs> and for your homework this week, no homework. You have a week off. Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's so nice. Yes. You know what? You don't have to have homework this week. Although if you wanted to do some stuff for us, go to our website. We have some ideas. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, mm-hmm. it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the yeah, part yeah, of the yeah. show <laughs> that Leah makes us do, but I only give her 30 seconds to say nice things. Ready, set, go. Um, I live between two pharmacies, and I wanted to say that they were have been exceptional. You know, they everybody kept everything so clean. Everybody was so helpful. I feel, especially in New York, where it felt very scary in the beginning or definitely not just felt was. And they just, everybody showed up. They were working during a crisis. They were helpful. I wrote them both thank you notes to both of oh, the pharmacies. Like you mail thank you notes? Well, I sent it to like the headquarters so they know that the... The people, you know, I just want to, I feel like people are so quick to write negative reviews. Anytime people are great, I just want to be like. They're not going to know what to do with it. Everybody was exceptional. Oh, that's very nice. And for me, we got a great voicemail from someone and I'll just read it. Hi, Nick and Leah. I had a horrible evening involving the death of a pet. And so today was mostly about being home. 
I'm trying to get the will to do something productive, like take a shower. And I turned on your podcast and listened to you discussing decanting Cheetos. And then you said, you get the horses, I'll get the shotgun. And it made my ability to step into the shower a million times better. Thank you so much. I'm probably going to be laughing to myself about Cheetos for the next week or so. So that is very nice. That is so sweet. I almost like welled up. Yeah. Like, I think that's very nice that we made someone's very not great day a little better. That's so sweet. So sorry about your pet. Yeah, that was that's I'm sorry to hear that news. But I'm glad we were able to sort of help you through this. And so that kind of makes the show all worthwhile. It does. That's so sweet. So thank you. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. So Leah, what show do you want to talk about today? Very exciting. New season of Harry Wild dropping this week. Oh, Harry Wild is great. So Harry Wild is Harriet Wild, played by Jane Seymour. And she just retired and she gets mugged. And so she's recovering in her son's home. And lucky for us, her son is a police detective. Isn't that convenient? She gleans a clue about one of his current cases. Mm-hmm. He is like, I got it, ma. Stay out of it, Ma. And she's like, nope. And so she sets out to solve it herself with a very unlikely sidekick. Very unlikely sidekick. And I'm not giving it away this time because I felt like I did in the Modern Blog Mysteries. So now I'm zipping my lips. Okay. You got to get in there and watch it yourself. So check that out and check out all the great stuff that Acorn has. Sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. And Acorn TV streams world-class mysteries, dramas, and comedies from around the world. So Leah, I am looking for a series about an amateur detective. I don't want professionals. What do you got? I'm glad you asked, Nick. (laughs) Because as we know at home, I'm obsessed with mysteries. We have the professional detectives, then we have the amateurs that obviously have a gift and they maneuver their way in there. And Acorn TV has a lot of choices for you. You could go with Madame Blanc. Right. Because she's an antique dealer and uses that knowledge (laughs) to solve crimes. I mean, it's great knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We also have Agatha Raisin, which I have discussed multiple times. She was a PR person, very confident Mm -hmm. woman, wears the wrong shoes to every occasion, which I love. And we also have Harry Wild. Yes, Jane Seymour. And I enjoy all of those shows very much. So you out there, sign up for a 30-day free trial with promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.